0: It is good to uh, become uh, part of your Sunday morning routine, even in your homes, and I pray this Father's Day will be a a real special blessing, and I just wanna preach a sermon that'll really honor and uh, encourage our dads, okay? Um, Now, I grew up in the home of an artist, okay, I'm the son of a commercial artist, my dad, he he had cartoons, he did commercial art down in Philadelphia, um, and he was also a character drawer, okay, so um, he used to teach me as well as I'd watch him, and I've learned some of the techniques of drawing a caricature. Okay, any kids watching, have you ever drawn a caricature? Well, I'm gonna give you a challenge today. If you've got notes in front of you or anything, I want you to draw a caricature of your dad, okay? Like, like what would you do? Now, now, what does a character artist know? What, what do they know when they're drawing something? They know that there's certain things you point out about someone to really draw out their likeness, okay? So, so the first thing an artist does is he looks at the person's shape of their head. Okay, some people have an oval head, some people have a square head, okay? Um, Some people have more of a round head. In fact, I can show you so much of this that you can make someone recognizable even by drawing circles, okay? Let let me prove it, I'll, I'll just draw, I'm gonna draw three circles and you tell me if you know who this is, okay? We're just gonna draw a circle and I'm gonna draw another one and I'm gonna draw another one. Okay, right away you're thinking, oh, that, uh, oh you're, you're headed towards Mickey Mouse. Okay, What what an artist does when they're looking at the person is they look at the predominant features, especially. All right, if you wanna draw, a, let's say you wanna draw a superhero. The number one thing you wanna do with a superhero is a big old jaw, okay? Let, let me prove it to you, okay? I'm gonna draw this, okay? All right, then, then I'll give him some ears, all right? Then I'll come up here with a head, and then I'll do something like this. And before you know it, you start seeing a character. And then, and then I'll add some, some muscular shoulders and things like this, and then I'll give him that hourglass look. And before you know it, you see Mr. Incredible, don't you? Because an artist knows what to draw in order to make you see something, okay? So if I wanna draw a caricature of a dad or or somebody like that, I look at their head. Now, I'm one of the easiest caricatures you could ever draw um, because you just go like this, all right? All right, and then you do something like this okay, and then you go like this, okay, and you do this, I'm happy today, all right, and then you just like add a nose, okay, and some eyes, let's make, let's make Pastor Chris real quick, let's put him in a collared shirt, right, a collared shirt or something, like like hands like this, okay, we're gonna go like this, we'll give him his white belt, whatever that's about, and then we'll go down here, we'll do the shoes, and before you know it, we got uh, we'll give him a Bible in his hands, and then we're, we're good. I don't, I don't demand much. Maybe I should have eyebrows. But as you draw caricatures, you, you, you kind of get a feel, but, but you point out the predominant features. So if you're going to draw me, you better have no hair. It's easy. I'm, I'm easy, but maybe your dad's a little more difficult. You know, it's funny. As you think about caricatures... And you think about how an artist desires to draw out the most predominant features. Some of this comes down to the personality of the person too. Because very easily, you can make someone angry. You can make them kind of sneering if you have angry eyes and add a smile. Now they're kind of like Oh, a little little crooked there, you know? Uh, And and just these little features do that. They kind of speak to the, not only what does the person look like, but what they're like. And as I was thinking this morning about how I wanted to encourage dads, I thought, how about we come up with a caricature, not so much of what our heavenly father looks like, but what he is like. What would we go to What will we draw from that? For for God is not gonna be something we can draw out. Of course, maybe you have your images of what Jesus looked like while he was on earth from paintings. But he's something we can draw out of scripture of what he's like. What are some words that characterize dad? As you think through some of those words, whether positive and unfortunately for some negative, whatever words come out of that, Build your caricature of your father. And so today's message, I wanted to title, let me put my big sharpies down for now. I wanted to title, My Dear Heavenly Father. You say, why, why did you do that? How did your dad, if, you, if you're at home and you grew up in a, in a God-fearing home with a God-fearing father, okay? Whether he was perfect or not, that is a guarantee he's not, okay? But a God-fearing father. How did he start his prayers? Can you remember? How did he start? Um, Jesus, Lord, um, Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, dear God. Well, my dad, he began... Dear Heavenly Father, I can still remember, I can hear him saying it, Dear Heavenly Father. Some people add to it and they say, Dear Gracious Heavenly Father. Now that's just a whole nother level, okay? But, but my dad said, Dear Heavenly Father. And I didn't realize it then, but what was being molded into me was that my father looked at his father and said, You're my dear Heavenly Father. Father, is it just a salutation or is it a beginning of a conversation for you with someone you dearly love? Well, that is true of the psalmist David. And he writes in Psalm 103 some of the most beautiful characteristics, the things that, if you will, stand out to him about God in all of Scripture. In fact, Warren Wearsby says, there is no purer outburst of thankfulness that enriches the church of God than Psalm 103. Do you know its contents? I pull out 21 benefits from Psalm 103 of our Heavenly Father, and I put them in my journal during this season where I've been sharing with you my journal over the past two months. And this was part of it, and I thought, boy, that would fit Father's Day, And so I'm gonna show that to you, these 21 benefits. I wanna explain why they're benefits, and then I wanna explain not only how you can bless your dad this Father's Day, but dads, if you're watching today, I just wanna give you a caricature of your heavenly father and maybe inspire you to be even wanna be a better dad. Look, there's no condemnation coming, no terrible dad message on the way, but instead an inspiration Using language of scripture to build a caricature of our Heavenly Father. Would you pray with me today? And let's dive into Psalm 103. If you've got your scriptures in front of you, whether you pull it up on your app or your phone or or in the notes, get out Psalm 103 and get ready to write 21 things. And then kids... Get ready to write 21 things about dad, too, possibly, before this is over as well. Heavenly Father, use today's sermon, use today's message to just encourage dads, encourage families, and paint a picture of you, God, for how awesome you are. Not from our perspective, not from our circumstances, not from our characteristics we've seen in our earthly fathers, no, 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 but from what Scripture says about the heavenly father. Let it inform our prayer life. Let it inspire praise and let it turn to gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's how David starts out. He says this. Let me um, get this out of here as soon as possible, okay? (laughs) Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What? What's going on here? This is great. If you get underneath the text, and our church likes to do this, we like to go to seminary and talk about underneath the text a little bit. Now obviously this is a psalm, poetry language written in Hebrew originally. We pull it from that language. If you look into the belly of this verse, if you will, underneath the English translation, you're going to see exhortation words. you're going to see um, a passion. It's almost like David's doing this. "Come on, soul. Come on, soul. Bless the Lord, soul! It's almost like he's exhorting himself. Come on! I don't know if David's having a, a somewhat of a difficult circumstance that he's going through, and he's kinda like coaching himself. If you've ever played on an athletic team, and you've had a coach like, all right, you guys ready? Yeah, no, 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 are you ready? We're ready! David's doing this. He's going, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, and forget not all his benefits. Time out. It's possible to forget the benefits of your heavenly father? Young person, have you ever thought of the benefits living under your father's home? Even if it's just providing you food? Do you have a dad who maybe helped you with college? Do you have a father who went with you to get your first car? Do you have a dad who sat with you one night when you were in tears? Have you forgotten some of the benefits of having him around? I've been with, I've been with guys who have lost their dads and they're flooded with I wish I could tell him some of the things that meant so much to me that I didn't do. Forget not all his benefits. I've got, I've got, I've gotten into um, riding a bike recently. Okay, don't accuse me of a bicyclist, but I put my phone on and I realize there's an app that can do speedometer and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, how many benefits are on this phone that I don't even know about? How many benefits of God are in Scripture? that we don't even know about. Could you give me 21 if I walked up to you? 21 benefits to your heavenly father. Well, here they are. And I think this is important to do this because we can forget. That's what scripture says. We can forget. You say, why do people forget? I've got a couple, I've got a couple reasons. Here's one of them. Um, we have a distorted image of dad often by our earthly fathers hey, dad's grace here for a minute. None of us are perfect, and we make mistakes because we're not the heavenly father. But there are fathers that you grew up in an authoritarian home, even sadly in an abusive home, or even a controlling home, your view of God, psychiatrists will even tell you this, your view of your heavenly father has been distorted sadly by your earthly father. We don't do it intentionally. Unfortunately, some fathers may, And if you're in that situation, I'm going to redefine fatherhood for you in Psalm 103. But there's other dads that are kind of permissive, distant, and apathetic. They don't even care if you're alive. And those things make it so you have a God that's permissive, distant, and doesn't care about you. Because we formulate these things often by our earthly fathers. Hey, dads, that's an encouragement to us to say, hey, I want to work on my testimony with my children, even if they're adult children. Because a lot of their characteristics of God could be formed by that. But let me tell you, if you've had an authoritarian father or a performing father and you think I have to perform for him to love me, you most likely will draw a caricature of a God that you have to perform for him to love you. And that's not what scripture shows. If you have a permissive father or a distant father, you may have formulated a caricature of a heavenly father, doesn't even care if you're alive. But that's not what scripture shows. So we have to be informed, not by what we've seen or our circumstances. I can't tell you as a pastor, how many people I've met with that have drawn in their heads a God based on their circumstances and not the truth of scripture. And they look at the God of scripture through their circumstances and not from scripture and look into their circumstances. And so that is who David is. He doesn't look at God based on his circumstances. He looks at the God of scripture and he teaches us about him. He says this. Oh, forget not his benefits, who forgives our iniquity. What separates your faith from the many religions you see out there? You have a forgiving father. He forgives, young people, that iniquity word, that's a big word for sin, okay? He forgives our sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Here's what your heavenly father does. One, he forgives your sin. If you come to your heavenly father and ask for forgiveness and become a child of God, he forgives your sin. And what's beautiful about this, he doesn't just forgive your sin that you're gonna do, he forgives your past, present, and future sins you positionally become a child of God. And there's nothing you can ever do to separate you from his love. The heavenly father heals my hurts and sicknesses. See this, he heals all your diseases. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had a loved one die from a disease. If they know their heavenly father, they're in heaven healed from their diseases. See, God is not just the God of the temporal Our time on earth is sometimes just very short. Our time in eternity is long, long, long. And maybe that healing didn't come temporarily. Sometimes it does. Sometimes God's will is yes. But let me ask you this. If you've ever been healed from any hurt, whether emotional or physical, did a man do it? Or did that come from God? And and so I want you to be thinking that he is a God who also heals us from wounds that we occur living in a sin-cursed earth. He redeems my life, he says, from the pit. The idea here is Joseph a little bit, right? Um, this is just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm in a pit, but he redeems me. You know what that word means? It means to buy back. Yeah, he bought me back. I was once dead in my sin, but he bought me back. And then he he loves me conditionally. You know what? David kind of starts out with this verse and just kind of says, here's four things you got to know right away that aren't going to change based on your behavior. He's going to forgive your sins. One day, whether temporary or internally, you are going to have no pain. And then he's going to redeem your life and buy you back You're his. And he is going to love you unconditionally. Which means you don't have to perform for him. I don't think God loves me because of what I did. It's not something a child of God can say once they know Christ is their savior. Wow. Those are some great benefits. He continues. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He even adds, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. I see right away a couple more. He satisfies my needs. I mean, we we say Snickers satisfies, but the Lord satisfies more than just our hunger. How about your sense of belonging? How about your sense of a need for purpose? How about your need um, to find some significance to what you're doing? He satisfies not just our physical needs, but our emotional needs as well. When we know our Heavenly Father well, we see that he is so much more than just a couple things. He supplies all our needs according to his riches, not according to my riches. If you look in my wallet and you say, well, Chris is gonna bless you according to his riches, you'd say, all right. But if it's God, oh my goodness, what are those riches like? And not only that, he's gonna rejuvenate my strength. I have had times of real discouragement where it's amazing how many times I'll click an article and an app before I sometimes go to scripture where I can really find my rejuvenation. And he says, he renews us like eagles. Do you know that eagles go through a process where they actually pluck their feathers so that they can regrow and renew and gain strength back? He renews our strength. And not only that, and justice for all who are oppressed. My heavenly father advocates for me Did you know that you have an advocate? Someone pulling for you? I can remember a time in my life where I had a big game, big sports game in high school and uh, my dad got a call uh, from the church and he was um, the chairman of the deacon board at the time and they said, "Uh, you need to be out this meeting. You need to be out this meeting and I remember thinking, man, man, this meeting came out of nowhere, you know, and I, I remember listening to my dad tell my mom the story. He's saying, look, you really need to be at this meeting, right? You can't just miss this one. This one's really important. And I heard my dad tell my mom, but I had to tell him, and so is my son, and I need to be at his game. And, and I told Pastor, I said, I can't be there tonight. I need to be there. Well, that's really, I'm really disappointed at that decision. And, and I remember hearing my dad go, well, I'm, Disappointed I have to make it, but that's what I'm doing. And I remember going, yeah, take that, pastor. He's choosing me. I remember, I just remember that feeling of, of advocating for me. And my dad didn't even know I was listening in the other room. I got bad news, dads. They're always listening, it feels. But for that circumstance, I really felt like he was there for me. When it comes to my heavenly father, he's there for me. He's not distant. He's advocating for me. He's satisfying the needs I have. He's rejuvenating my soul. David continues, oh my goodness, he gets all pumped up. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Sign me up for that heavenly father. I mean, this is a heavenly father. Let's get more. He shows me mercy. That means I'm being given treatment that is not a parallel to what I've done. You've did this, but I'm gonna treat you this way instead. He's merciful, He, he, he is gracious. What does grace mean? Unmerited favor. Being given favor that you don't deserve. He gives me grace like a gift. He offers me grace. Not, what's wrong with you? It's, here's some grace. He offers me patience. Dad's one of the greatest characteristics of our heavenly father that we could emulate with our own kids is patience, grace, even mercy. It's surprising behavior. If our kids are afraid to tell us when they make a mistake, there is a divide already in your relationship. Why would a kid be afraid to tell his mom and dad if they made a mistake? I bet they have found that there's times when there's not mercy, there's a lack of grace, and there's a lack of patience. And sometimes that has to be rebuilt. But this is the beautiful one here, 11. He provides me steadfastness, consistency. Imagine if your heavenly father wasn't consistent. Imagine if you had a prayer life that was like this. Heavenly father, oh, oh, Word of God says, do not go to him when he's really ticked off. Okay, Um, not today, God. Uh, Oh, imagine if you had this God that changed. Can't you see I'm a little overwhelmed with the whole COVID-19 crisis and the social unrest? You wanna be talking to me right now? I'm a little bit exhausted right now. Give me some slack. Imagine, see, see, imagine some sort of God that changes moods and doesn't wanna deal with me one day. I mean, there are mothers that have to say, hey, hey, um, you know what? Let's not ask dad tonight, okay? There's no there's no dear heavenly father and Gabriel comes on or the angel Michael and goes, hey, 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 God, hey, hey, Chris. Not today. You never get that. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you appreciate your heavenly father's consistency? Wow. I, 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 we can't overstate that. No guessing game when we go to him in prayer of the God we're gonna get in scripture. He says this, he will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. Now this is wordage we're not used to, but, but here's what I, I, I see in my list. He's not gonna always withhold discipline. There are times where our heavenly father will discipline us, Hebrew says, because he loves us. So he's not gonna withhold discipline forever, nor, but, but he will not harbor resentment towards me either. You know I was disobedient of dad, he hasn't been talking to me for two weeks. Never gonna get that with your heavenly father. He's not gonna hold his anger forever, but he's also not gonna always chide. Hey look, we all make mistakes. Teenagers, sometimes you get a little grumpy and you snap at mom a little bit or, or something like that. I know in our house, every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but we can sometimes talk to mom in a way that's, mm, maybe shouldn't. And I know, well, my roles, we've kind of laid this groundwork in our house, and we're, I know me's perfect, but I have had to say even, um, not, not any time recently, but to say, whoa, 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 hey, 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 don't talk to my wife like that. You demand a certain level of respect for one another. I know if I scold a child in our family around the other children, I've embarrassed them. And I have work to do to rebuild that relationship now because I've gone out of my way to make a point and the others have heard it and now there can be a rift that's building. And and, and I understand this about my heavenly father. He'll discipline because he loves me. Okay, but I also know he's not gonna hold his anger forever. We made a rule in our house, you can take it if you want it. I said, I don't want punishments to go through the night. I wake up to God's new grace every morning. I'd rather any kind of discipline occur for the night and then be done in the morning and offer that grace versus offer days and days of something. Now, now that was our choice because I just saw that in scripture and how God treated me and I'd rather be harder that night and be easier in the morning because I wanted to model my heavenly father. Discipline is one of those things that, that we could spend a whole sermon on, but one of those things that God will discipline us if we're living a life that needs some correction. And that's why David continues with these points about God. We can't miss them. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Wait a minute, what? Hold on. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. Okay, okay, so, so I put this on my list. He will not treat me as if I'm guilty. Isn't that what punishment does? You're guilty. You should be punished. He will not treat me as if I'm guilty. It's almost like there's no condemnation with God. Wait a minute. That is what Scripture says. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So if you're a child of God and you have this heavenly father, there's no condemnation coming. And I have listened to people grow up with a God concept that says, you better not do that. God's going to get you. God's going to get you for that. No, he's not. He may discipline you, but he's not going to get you. He doesn't punish his kids. He disciplines his kids. And we have to understand the difference. Punishment is a, is a viewpoint versus discipline. Punishment looks back on what has happened. Discipline looks forward to what can happen. Punishment is about condemnation. Discipline is about correction. Punishment is about being fair, that's the right thing to do. Discipline is being helpful and this will help you get better. Punishment centers on making it right. This situation's wrong, I'm going to make it right. Discipline is, I want to help you get right. I want to see you get right. So even though this situation hurt your dad, and I want to make it right, my end game is I want to make you right. So I don't want to deal with you in a way that could keep you from getting right. Parents, we have to think through this and model our Heavenly Father. Father. Punishment looks back, it's easy, it can be quick. Discipline looks forward, it takes a longer time, it takes sitting down next to your daughter in in high school with a bad attitude and sitting on the bed for a little bit. It takes working with your little six-year-old who can't stop running on the couch versus going, knock it off, you idiot! It's going, hey, come here, come here. Here's what happens when you do this. I want to talk to you. Where you go? Right here. It takes time. But I want to see you change. I want to see you grow. And so often punishment flows from anger, where discipline flows from patience. We have a heavenly father that does not deal with us according to our sins. Praise God for that. Nor repay us according to our sins. Iniquities. Why, David goes, get this: for as high as the heavens are above the earth. Now, now, time out, twenty-first century Christian who has flown in gigantic airplanes. I want you to read this from the time this was written in the Old Testament. The highest point they have ever gotten to at this point is maybe the top of a mountain okay? They haven't flown through the skies. They haven't seen space shuttles go up into the sky. They haven't seen pictures of Mars. They've never seen any of those things. They haven't seen what Jupiter looks like at this point. They get to the top of the mountain. That's the apex of what they can possibly imagine. And and David goes, for as high as the heavens are above the earth. David doesn't even have a clue. He doesn't have enough modern technology at that time to understand how vast that is, and we have it and we still don't even get it. David says, this is my accurate view. As far as the high, as high as, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. That's how great his love is. You know what I love about this one? I I believe this one deserves its own page. Tells me of his love for me. Dad, you want to be God? You want to be like him? Tell your son you love him. Out loud, he knows, not good enough. He heard me want, not good enough. Tell your daughter you love her out loud. Give her a big old stinking hug because if she doesn't get it from you, she's gonna find hugs. Dad, let yours be the first. She's gonna find someone to tell her she loves them, that they love her. Let it be coming from your mouth more, Dad. And if it's embarrassing in your family to say it, start slow. Start slow. At the end of a phone call, just throw in the little love you. If it's stopped in your house, even between you and your wife, throw it in there. Ladies, tell your husband you love him. And guys, say it back. Because you've got a heavenly father who wants you to know he loves you beyond your comprehension. And he wants it said in scripture. Man, I love God. He's my dear Heavenly Father, and this is the section where David's going. I'm going to just talk about how over the top God is. Okay, and so He throws one more at us, and you know which one this is. You're gonna this is gonna be familiar, right? As far as the east is from the west. Now, what was David's comprehension? Oh my goodness, I can't even fathom how far east is from the west. He hasn't traveled beyond out maybe the Mediterranean area, so as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions, that's a big word for sins, from us. Wait a minute, what? He removes them? Here's the beauty of God's forgiveness. Not only does he positionally forgive me, okay, here's what I mean by that. When my kids, okay, disobey me, never happens. But when they do, okay, They've hurt, they've damaged our relationship. But they don't stop being hellers. They're my kids. God gave them to me. They'll put on a jersey even after they disobey me and on the back of their jersey, it'll say, heller. Why? Because positionally, they're my children. When we are forgiven of our sin at the moment of salvation, you're his child. You're defined by him. Even when you fail, all past, present, and future sins, they are wiped clean. Then you raise your hand and you go, then why does it say, I need to ask for forgiveness? What it really says is, you need to confess your sin. You are forgiven. Never miss that positionally you're forgiven. Because if you miss that, the devil will sneak right in there. You're disobeying God, you're guilty, you're shameful, you're terrible, you're an idiot. God doesn't love you, he hates you, he's not listening to your prayers, and he sneaks back out. But a child of God goes, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no matter, I, I accepted Christ as my savior, and no matter what I do, right here on the back, go ahead, put it on there, it's God's kid. But when I disobey him, he asked me to confess my sin, and he's faithful and just, to separate my sin from me as far as the east is from the west. Here's the beautiful thing about God. God's forgiveness is so massive that he doesn't just forgive his kids when they disobey him. He doesn't just forget. You ever hear the forgive and forget? He does one thing further. He forgives you, and then he erases it and treats you as if you never did it. What? Yeah, he's a forgiving father that doesn't just forgive you but brings it back up five years later. He doesn't forgive you and go, yeah, but you know what? In 2000, you remember, you remember your attitude during that COVID crisis, right? You remember it. I'm a, I remember that. Nope, he erases it. He separates it as far as the east is from the west and that relationship is restored. Man forgives even my disobedience towards him what an awesome father and then he says, as a father, why does he do that? Because he's a compassionate father to his children. So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Whenever you see those who fear him, that for, for you 21st century Christian, that's those who've accepted Christ as our savior. This fear isn't like, ah, Dad, it's a I respect you. I appreciate you. I don't forget your benefits because I'm your child. And I love this wordage, for he knows our frame. He gets it. He knows. God, this is all I've got. Chris, I know. And he remembers that we're dust. So, my Heavenly Father, when he looks at me and hears me pray, he's not going, Look what you did today. My goodness. He looks on me with compassion. Hey, Chris, are we talking? I love you. But you know what I did today. I do know what you did today. I have compassion. I can sympathize. For I walk the earth as well. I love you. Let's come clean with what you did. Let's restore that relationship if there's sin. But he looks on me with compassion. He acknowledges my weaknesses. Chris, I know you can't do it. Apart from me, you can't do anything. I know, I've tried. I thought I had control of my life two and a half months ago, God. I now no longer believe that. I know. I understand your capacity. That's why I know you need me. And I'm gonna be here for you. And you don't dare let that devil lie to you about who I am. And don't you let anything define who I am outside of scripture. Because I'm a compassionate father. I know you have weaknesses. I, I understand your capacity. When Moses cried out, he said, who am I, Lord, that you would use me? God didn't go, Moses, you're awesome, bud. Everybody's cheering for you. You're great, man. You can do it. That's not what he did. Moses said, who am I? And God said, if we're honest, a nobody, but I'm a somebody. And because of who I am, you're gonna be able to do it. Because of who I am, and because of who I am and how much I love you, you can do it with my strength, but apart from me, you can't do it. But I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He knows I need him. And oftentimes, he makes sure I know I need him. But he's the God who stays. And even those nights, and you've all been there, where you have tears flowing down from a trial or a difficult circumstance you're going through, when you're driving down the road and you're tearing up because you don't even know, you don't even know what decision to make about this Sunday, let alone dinner, let alone anything. Anything and you're tearing up because you thought you had answers, and you just don't have them, that same father goes, I know, Chris. I know. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. And there's been times where my kids are going through a difficult thing, and I say, I can't take it, but I'll go through it with you. That's what our heavenly father does. Sin and a sin-cursed earth bring difficult trials and circumstances that sometimes even take people's lives. But God is not the author of that. Yes, he has allowed that. He is great with patience and even Habakkuk cried out going, how long, Lord, seriously? God is so patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to eternal life, but not everyone will. I pray you're one of them. If you're sitting at home and, and it's time to become a child of God and know his benefits, you've got to reach into this heavenly father. Don't let, don't let your television, don't let your life circumstances, don't let your, your father, if, if he's a negative vision, forgive him, okay? But don't let that define your heavenly father. Let Psalm 103... Because as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it's gone and its place is no more. Man, their life is quick. It's like a vapor, but, but this is true of God. One more. But the steadfast love of our Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Not only is God with me now, a million years from now, he will still be with me. I'm with you, Chris. Can't wait for the day I get to glory and get away from the muck of this earth, okay? And I'm walking through glory and I see Jesus and I know he's gonna say my name before I say his. Because he dearly loves me. That's the God I pray to. I pray this informs your prayer life because I have a heavenly father, 21, who is like no, and I have a great dad. I have a godly dad, but I have an heavenly father who is like no other father I know. None. And so dad's grace. We don't have, we don't have to try to be him. We just work to show his characteristics because we can't be him. He's too awesome. He's like no other father I know. And for anybody out there that maybe you have a negative image of your father or a negative caricature of your father, I want you to know, if you're a child of God, you have a great dad. You didn't miss out. You're not without. I wish I would have had a great dad. You have an awesome dad. Just as great a dad as someone who grew up with an earthly father who tries to be Jesus Christ every day, you have an awesome dad too. He's your heavenly father. And he loves to talk to you. He loves to hear from you. and He wants you to fellowship with him in his word. Speak to him in prayer because he's your dear heavenly father. So I put together this list. If you're in your watch groups or if you're at home, if you have the slides, you know you can download them and have the slides on your cell phone even as you listen Here's the 21 things I put in my journal. I send these to people sometimes when they say, God's just not this. They'll text me sometimes when they're frustrated, and we all go through frustrating moments, and I say, here's actually what Scripture says, and, and I use this. That's why I journal, so I can send devotionals along quick. It, it helps when your kids are at college and things like that too, okay? Um, Which characteristics of your heavenly father have you you been most grateful in this season of your life? Which ones have you been most grateful? The God who gives grace, the God um, who satisfies, okay? How does this list inform your prayer life? If you have a God's neat let's eat or if you have a Santa Claus God where all you do is ask him for stuff, how does this list inform your prayer life? Which characteristics were you modeled growing up? Okay, And and then how can you show gratitude for your earthly dad today, even this week? My dear father, you know, I wanna close this out by saying this. I was talking to the staff this week and um, we were talking through this whole subject and uh, we were talking about that, our dear heavenly father and how important the power of gratitude is in a season like this. Power of gratitude. You know, and uh, my kids are here supporting me so they just get to hear this. When one of my kids says, thank you, Dad, especially when they get to their teen years, when they say, thank you, and Dad, I really appreciate that, I mean, the chances of them getting something back from me are like 100%. It just fills me up. When my wife says, I'm proud of you, when my wife says, um, I really appreciate what you've done for us. You, you, Ladies, you have no idea what that does to your husband. It, it really isn't that difficult to make a dad feel appreciated. All you have to do is say it. And I'm telling you, I mean, kids, I'm giving you a dirty secret and you can use it against dad. But if you're like, dad, I just love going and getting ice cream with you, your chances are like a million percent unless you already just had it. Because dads just feel so awesome when their kids, especially their adult children, oh my word, dad, I appreciate you, and I I really never realized how much you did for me, okay? You are filled with this desire to give even more. I don't know where it comes from, but that's what happens to me. And, And I got thinking about that. Let me close with this. If I'm an earthly dad created in the imago Deo, or the image of God, and so much of my characteristic traits come from my heavenly father, and I am filled with joy and energy when my kids are grateful, or when my loved ones are grateful for me, church family, you understand what your encouraging emails mean right now when I can't see you? You even know what that does? It fills you up. If I respond wanting to pour out more blessing when my kids are grateful for me, I got thinking, how much does God love when I thank him for what he's done for me and I show my appreciation for what he's done for me? How how much does he like, (laughs) that's my boy Chris preaching about me today. I just wanna give it to you, Lord. I wanna give you that encouragement. Why? Because you deserve it. And even sometimes when there's tears flowing down your face, the same God you might be frustrated and disappointed in that he didn't answer your prayer yet is the same God you've placed all your hope in that you have any kind of chance at eternal life. And he is the God who doesn't change. Forget not his benefits. And young people... Wives, here is a great chance for you today to not forget the benefits of that father. And if they can't come up with 21, just try one. And you might just do the best thing or best gift you could ever give on Father's Day. Heavenly Father, use this message today to bless those who heard it. But more importantly, may it have flooded your ears with how much we love you, God, and how much we're grateful for you, Lord, and how much you mean to us, Lord. I have a dear brother in Christ who loves to finish his prayers. He's actually sitting here in the Auditory Mute. He loves to say, we love the way you love us, Lord. And so we finish with that, God. We love the way you love us, Lord. And this we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.